Hello and welcome to this edition of the Script Podcast. I'm Vibha Ravi, Senior Editor with Script and Pink Sheet. Today we've invited B.N. Manohar, MD and CEO of Stemputics Research, for a conversation. His company is one of a handful of cell and gene therapy CGT firms, which is based in India. It has not just developed, but also successfully commercialized a cell therapy. The therapy called Stempucil is now approved and sold in the Indian market. It's used to treat critical limb ischemia or CLI and osteoarthritis or OA. But clearly this is not enough for Manohar who has been working to get the therapy to the US, Europe and Japan. So let's find out how those plans are panning out. Welcome to the podcast, Manohar. Thanks, Viva. You've been spending a lot of time in the US. Are any new collaborations coming up on the commercial or research front? Our uh, overall strategy is one is uh, win locally. We are commercialized two products in in India, one for the CLI, which we are um, selling through Cipla, and the other one is for the knee osteoarthritis. We are uh, marketing through Alcan Lab. So we want to see how a product design developed from India, we can uh, globalize and we have to navigate the uh, the regulatory bodies. So in that context, uh, I'm spending time about a few weeks back. I was in uh, Japan. We had a meeting with the PMDA, the regulatory body in Japan to see how our product, which is developed from India, will be acceptable for the Japanese market. We got a lot of feedback. Similarly, uh, we had a pre-IND meeting with FDA a few years back, and we want to see how we can navigate the FDA and ultimately see that how we can start clinical trial in the US. And a lot of uh, challenges are there. We want to see how we can overcome and ultimately commercialize at least one of the indications, new OA, which appears to be an, a, a promising candidate. Can we uh, take that indication to the global market? So Stempetics has patents in multiple countries for the therapy. So how many of these markets are you tapping at the moment? And what are your plans for the rest? Are there any partners that you've spoken to or any feedback you have on how to take these ahead commercially? Patents are uh, very important to see that uh, we are not infringing the IP of uh, any other company in that context. We have filed our Stempucil patents globally, of course, in the US and few countries in Europe and also in Japan. We have a Stempucil patent, the process patent and the product patent in Japan. And we have in few countries in Europe and also in US. So one key requirement is uh, when we discuss with the partners, are we strong enough in our uh, patent production and uh, do we have freedom to operate? In that context, uh, we are well placed and we have the patents across uh, the developed countries. And also, for example, um, after the meeting with PMDA, we did discuss with a few pharma companies. I'm not disclosing the name of the companies because of the CDA, how we can uh, have strategic alliance with those pharma companies. And uh, they do ask in terms of how the product is performing, number one in India. And also, have you published the um, the clinical data in a, in a good I mean a journal globally and uh, also they see that uh, yes what is the feedback from the regulators mainly on the CMC what we call the chemistry manufacturing and control so this 
potential partners want us to cross some critical milestones with the regulators once we cross it i think there is a good opportunity for us like what we did in india where we have strategic alliance with cipla and alcom i hope that we can have similar kind of deals with big farmers in japan and potentially in the us and europe right i was aware that company is planning to publish some data globally has that come about yes we have we have published uh, since i told about uh, the oa the osteoarthritis where we have done uh, a double blind placebo controlled trial in india and we got the marketing approval so we published our phase 3 data recently in uh, american journal of sports medicine ajsm so it has been published about a few months back and uh, we also made a presentation in american orthopedic society of sports medicine last year and it was well received and uh, both our um, phase 2 as well as our phase 3 paper has been published in a peer reviewed journal and of course similarly we have published our uh, paper on the cli and both our phase 1 phase 2 phase 3 and phase 4 data has been published in international journal so clearly these plans would require investments on the company's front do you think the current business environment is amenable for a fresh round of funding in stempitics uh, say from vcs or overseas investors and if not what is plan b good question and um i do agree raising money is a, is a big challenge you know that we are an um, we are an msc company so when i say msc the compound which we focus is on mesenchymal stem cells there are i mean delays in uh, our competing companies getting approval uh, in in the us and uh, that in turn is affecting the, uh, the the fundraising and also people are currently focusing on the latest technology on the on the oncology side the funding is happening in uh, in car t or car n k while while the raising money for the msc company is a big challenge but i think now it is um, it is turning and it is reversing people uh, do look for that uh, how fast how soon we can commercialize the product and uh, i think if we have uh, good clinical data to prove that the drug is working and uh, second thing is if we get a favorable inputs from the regulators like fda and think i think we can raise money and the money may mainly may come from uh, strategic partners like pharma companies maybe difficult still to get uh, money from there from the venture capital okay so what's your pitch you know so far or what's your pitch going to be in terms of what sets the company apart and how would you be convincing them that is worth investing in one is we are um, we are uh, planning to form an entity in the us and uh, the us entity will focus on us europe and japan they develop markets number one and number two yes um, internally we are gearing up to fund the company up to a certain stage where we can get an ind approval in uh, in us or ind approval in japan so once we have that ind approval once we have the the cell bank what uh, currently we are using in india we need to create a new cell banks for uh, for the international market once we cross that um, that uh, cmc milestone with the fda once we have the ind approvals 
in uh, in the us as well as in uh, in japan and funded funded uh, internally then we need to raise money because um, conducting clinical trials uh, in the us will cost about 40 50 million dollars and uh, maybe in japan it may be a, a cheaper because we can do a smaller trial but still we need to raise that kind of fund money to show that uh, that we can use the clinical trial data what we have generated generated from india to jumpstart in us and japan so that we do not start once again from phase one maybe we can start from phase two or phase three shorten the time period and then see how we can commercialize so once we do that i think we can raise money from uh, potential partners that is what we are aiming for Abiba. You spoke about shortening the regulatory cycle, so which means that the data have to be strong enough. That's something that all companies, especially generic ones, have been pushing for, that there should be acceptance of data between various regulatory agencies. If the trials are conducted in a particular country, they should be, you know, the results should also be acceptable in others. Is that something that seems achievable? Yes, it depends upon how strong the data is and depends upon uh, like what you ask about publications, which also plays a critical role when it is peer reviewed and published in a, a good journal. That also, I mean, gives a credibility in terms of the data what we are generated in India. And uh, when we met the PMDA about uh, two weeks back, in fact, they asked, we went for the, uh, in PMDA, we went for the CLI indication. They did ask about our phase two data and our phase four data need to be submitted along with the CMC dossier so that probably we have to do only a single trial in Japan to get the approval for CLI. And similarly, we went to um, the European uh, Medicines Agency a few years back. There also we submitted the, uh, we thought we will go for um, orphan or rare disease, the CLI due to Berger disease. And uh, they did went through our data. Uh, one is, Based on the data, we got our uh, ATMP, Advanced Therapy Medicinal Product Status for Stampusa. I think we are maybe one of the uh, few companies from India where we got ATMP status from the uh, from EMA. And we also got the orphan drug designation for the Berger disease because it is a rare disease. And they did tell us that yes, if, if you do a single portal trial, that will be sufficient for getting the marketing authorization in Europe. In US, we need to see it depends upon the endpoint. What is the endpoint we have in India? How do you show the drug is working? What is the primary outcomes, which is very critical? And whether the same endpoint, what we used in India, whether it is acceptable, the uh, developed markets like Japan and, and US, which is very critical. If the endpoint change, then we have to start once again, go back in terms of the uh, phase two or phase one trial. So, so our endpoints are strong. For example, if you see the new OA, what we have done a double once again if you do a double blend placebo control trial that also gives some more credibility and we had good endpoints in uh, in the new oa and uh, we hope that uh, the same endpoint what we used in india can be will be acceptable uh, in us as well as in japan so it's critical yes what you said and uh, regulators are asking for the data and i think we can convince and shorten the overall cycle time for commercializing our products in uh, US and Japan. Earlier, you also spoke about newer technology. 
right? What do the recent developments uh, like the use of pluripotent stem cells mean for the technology used by Stemputics? And what are the developments that you find most interesting in this field? One of the key thing is um, the platform, what we have developed in, uh, in Stemputics. It is a stem cell platform technology where the uh, the platform can be used for uh, multiple indications. So we used a novel uh, pooling technology where we pool multiple donor cells to overcome donor to donor heterogeneity and also to produce large number of end product. In biotech and in particular in regenerative medicine, consistency is very critical that batch to batch consistency and ultimately the product shows that it is similar. So we started with the pooling technology and uh, the platform what we have created, which we have patented in uh, stem cell process as the product. So we have we have patented the process. But as you said, these cell banks we create from the donor. So we have uh, ours is an allogenic. When I say allogenic, our product can go to uh, any patient. The donor and the recipient they are different. So we have a master cell bank MCB which we create from a donor. And um, from the master cell bank, we create a working cell bank and the end product. But sometimes, I mean, uh, the master cell bank will get depleted. We have to go for repeat, uh, repeat aspiration of the bone marrow. So one of the challenges as we go along, when you uh, when they create the the cell bank once again, it may become like a different product. Product. So in that context, a lot of things are happening in the technology side. One is to use the IPSC the induced uh, pluripotent stem cells as a source for uh, generating MSCs. So IPSC derived MSCs is one technology which is emerging. And once we have that, the IPSC line, then we don't require any more donors. It becomes like an uh, immortal or perpetual. We can keep on generating MSCs so that we don't have to depend upon the donors once again. So IPSC derived MSCs is uh, one technology which is emerging. The other one is um, engineering engineering of stem cells is the another technology which is emerging. For example, we have this mesenchymal stromal cells where we are only isolating and expanding in our uh, manufacturing process. We are not modifying the MSC remains as MSCs like what is there in our body. But nowadays uh, people do other modify the MSCs so that it is efficacious for the select indication. For example, if you take the CLI critical limb ischemia where uh, VEGF the vascular endothelial growth factors plays a very important role. Can we increase the secretion of VEGF of MSCs? Can we go and engineer, put a viral vector and see whether MSCs can secrete more VEGF so that that uh, product can be maybe more efficacious when you come for a select indication. So one is, as you told about the IPSC drive technology. Second one is uh, engineering of the cells for a select indications are the emerging technologies. So in Stemputics, while we have the first generation product in the market, we are also thinking in terms of um, using these MSCs, can we, uh, can we engineer the MSCs to improve the efficacy further and also to see how we can uh, reduce the cost of the product. So many things are happening on the technology and we need to continue our R&D while we commercialize the products what we have, we need to continue the R&D and see that we can come in the future, the next generation product.
Right. So spoke about technology. Let's talk about indications now because researchers are also exploring the use of stem cells to treat heart disease and spinal cord injuries. You've already covered CLI OA. You are also looking at DLU and PAF. Which other disease areas are you exploring for stemputics now? And even if you aren't pursuing those opportunities, which ones look promising? The one in the pipeline, the non-ailing diabetic food ulcer, double-blind uh, placebo-controlled trial. We have completed the phase three trial in India with uh, 84 patients. And uh, in the next few months, we will know whether the drug is working or not working <clears throat> once we, we unblend the data. So DFU is a uh, huge opportunity, diabetic food ulcer, considering the number of diabetic patients we have in India as well as globally. And also we are we are focusing on non-healing diabetic food ulcer. That means where the current medicine is not providing the benefits what is required. We are selecting those patients and using stempu cell to see that how ulcer is healing, number one, and also see that it doesn't reappear after a few months. So we have hard endpoints on the on the trial. So DFU appears to be a, a promising candidate. And the other one, yes, uh, since we already commercialized the knee OA. Extending that application, I think uh, the other one is the chronic low back pain, which is uh, due to uh, degenerative disc disease. This appears to be another um, a promising candidate where the compound MS is likely to work much better. We saw the results of a phase three trial by a competing company, Visoblast, what they have done in, in the US. The phase three data looks encouraging. So we thought that we can extend extend our uh, our indication from knee OA pain to uh, a chronic low back pain, which uh, has a huge potential uh, in terms of the degenerative diseases. So still we are focusing on pain management and on the anti-inflammation side, few indications, see how we can expand. But all depends upon uh, the fund availability and uh, the fund what we can raise as we go along, even for India. Okay, so two questions. One is uh, this DFU. Could you talk a bit about the endpoints and when is the readout expected for the phase three trial? The readout is expected sometime in uh, October, November time period. And so what we are doing is when we see that no option or non-healing ulcer. So first the patient having DFU, he will get the conventional treatment wait for two weeks and then see whether the ulcer healing process has started and whether the ulcer is healed more than 30 percent. So if the ulcer is healing and more than 30 percent, then we don't recruit those patients into the trial. So we want to see that the current medicine is not working and take those patients. And then we inject our stem cell around the, the diabetic foot ulcer and wait for three months to see whether the ulcer is healing and how much is healing, uh, completely healing and then wait for another three more months to see the ulcer is not reappearing. So we have two endpoints. One is to see within three months whether the ulcer is healing and see that sustenance, whether we are able to sustain the ulcer healing for three, three more months. So a blended trial and patient recruitment, as I said, completed and the readout will come sometime in uh, October, November time period. Weber. And you spoke about chronic lower back pain, uh, extending the label to that indication. So is that for India or are you also looking at that indication for other markets as well? We will start always from India. 
so that uh, we have the proof of concept and we have clinical data and then decide once we have good data then uh, we can see how we can uh, take it outside india so earlier we had a strategy whether we should go for uh, like a rare disease cli due to budget disease is an orphan indication globally even in uh, in the us or in japan the prevalence is less but there is no medicines available so uh, we thought we'll go with that but after we saw our me oa data a double blind placebo control trial and the data looks very strong we thought we will take that indication to the to the global market the uh, opportunity is very big of course the challenges also are more where we need to see on the endpoints so on the newer indications always we will start from india and uh, do a good trial uh, when i say a good trial see that the clinical endpoint will be accepted globally and uh, always do double blind placebo control trial which gives a credibility and once we have one indication we are commercialized outside india and uh, i mean once again in us or japan we can take for additional indications we can uh, take other products also from india to the global market right so as with other therapies you know the newer therapies even cgt the costs have been prohibitive in many countries and india even though the therapies would cost less still pricing remains a challenge what's your take on this how does temputics approach pricing and accessibility of your therapies good point since we are always the guinea pig in terms of bringing first in india so uh, even uh, commercializing cell therapy we are having or we are we had many challenges and uh, one is um, of course the price how to price it and how to make it affordable which is uh, a big challenge for example even for the the new oa the uh, the the price in india is uh, 1.25 lakhs is the 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 price to the patient which may be much much cheaper compared to the us or japanese market maybe about 10th 110th or 115th but still when it comes to india affordability is, is a big challenge so in that context we need to see how to build the the ecosystem for uh, for commercialization cell therapy in india one is one is of course the price but if the price is covered under insurance then we will have more accessibility so that means we need to see how we will work with the insurance company even though the products are approved by ministry of health and approved by dcgi insurance companies take their own stand they do their own calculations to see whether to cover or not so the new oa in india we have seen about 50% has been covered by the insurance companies we want to see how uh, the insurance companies can cover more like for example the knee replacement total knee replacement is fully covered 100% so we need to work with the uh, with the insurance companies on the on the coverage point number 1 and of course we need to see how we can scale and reduce the manufacturing cost even though we can say we are the cheapest or uh, we are able to afford the quality and uh, maintain the price we need to see how we can bring down the manufacturing uh, the manufacturing cost the other one on the logistics where we have to transport the drug at minus 185 degree centigrade much much um, harder than the uh, the vaccine transportation so that also add a lot of cost whole chain management how we can ship it from uh, the manufacturing location to the site and how we can reduce the logistics cost also so we are working on the various parameters on the manufacturing on the insurance coverage on the logistics 
and also see that how it can be covered in some of the government initiatives. Yes, so that's what I was going to ask you next. For the strata of population that is covered by PMG, Jan Arugya Yojana, is there any kind of positive indication from the government to allow stem cell therapies to be included under those covered by these schemes? We have uh, two approaches. One is uh, work with the state government and second one is, of course, the central government, what you told. Uh, a lot of challenges because of the uh, the limitations what they have in terms of how much uh, they can reimburse or how much they can cover. See, we are discussing with the government authorities that this is a newer therapy and without this therapy where we are trying to address the root cause of the disease, it is uh, very difficult. There's no cure available for many indications and uh, even for the rare, rare indications like the CLI2 Berger disease, we see many poor patients or uh, the smokers, the poor patients, not able to afford and losing their, their limb, they go for leg amputation. These are all younger population. So this young population, if you need to cover, then government also need to fund and see how to cover it. And uh, they should raise the limit what they have currently, at least from uh, the one lakh to two lakhs, so that the company also can reduce but offer in bulk. At the same time, it can be given to the patients who are uh, needy. So initiatives are on. There are challenges, and hopefully in the next uh, year or so, we should be able to overcome. And this drug should be our. In West Bengal, we got and uh, we we got a breakthrough, and now uh, West Bengal government. Because in West Bengal also, we see a lot of CLA patients and uh, they have included our, our drug as part of their therapy. And we may get some few orders from West Bengal. But a uh, lot of work is going on to work both the state as well as the central government to see the limitations and uh, work together and can address the unmet medical needs. Right. What are some of the things that still bother you, that keep you up at night? And what is an achievement or what is something that makes you get out with the spring in your step? It took almost 14 years for us to bring the product from bench to bedside or from concept to commercialization. So one thing which I'm feeling happy is we had many challenges. We had many ups and downs whether it is an R&D or with the regulations or raising money. But uh, ultimately, we have taken the product, even though we are the first company, we could uh, sustain, had that uh, stamina to uh, take the company forward and bring the product to the market. And uh, we could see how the patients are getting benefited. And in particular, when I see the CLI, I mean, the kind of ulcers what they have, if we don't have this kind of medicine, these people will go for, uh, for amputation of their leg. Regulations were not there, and we need to form uh, the regulatory framework, work with the uh, with the government, manufacturing uh, to see the potency of the drug. A lot of R&D work has gone to see what MSCs can do, cannot do. And also would like to thank the regulators that ultimately after seeing the data, they could approve our product, even though it may be uh, first in India, even first in the world. Now the challenges, how to commercialize and how to expand, how to educate the doctors or see whether they can be profitable. And investors, shareholders always say, oh, we have been funding fund the company for so many years, 14 years. Now you have to stand on, on your own legs and see that, yes, you can sell and you can make money. And if you are profitable, invest that money back to the company. So in that context, we, I keep seeing that how we can expand, what we need to do in terms of the business in India. And also, so one of the goals is to see that made in India, but for uh, for the global market. 
So there also we keep seeing the challenges. For example, uh, when we went to the FDA, they knocked down, telling that we cannot accept your cell bank what created in India. I said, why? Because we are not used FDA approved kits. We are not used FDA approved labs. I said, those things are not there in India. No, no, it's okay, but you have to be FDA compliant. So if we have to create a new cell bank for FDA, then um, of course we can create. If we have money, we can create. And that's what we are doing right now, the new cell banks. And also we need to show, once we create the new cell bank, we need to show the biosimilarity between the new cell bank and the old cell bank. And fortunately, we could discuss well with FDA that this is how we will show. We will create the FDA compliant cell bank and uh, we will show this is the similarity between the uh, cell bank what we have in India, cell bank what we have in the US and ultimately the clinical data what we have generated over the years can be used in these developed markets and uh, we can jumpstart. So you spoke about creating new cell banks. Are PDMA and EMA okay with the cell banks from India or you would have to create new ones for them as well? Our plan is to create one cell bank for uh, EMA and US and uh, which which we can create in the US. So we will do the bone marrow aspiration from the US donor and we will create an MCB, the master cell bank in, in the US. And then we will ship the master cell bank to our facility in India. The final product, everything will be manufactured in, uh, in India. So one bank for uh, US and Europe and uh, PMDA we can create in India and um, which we already done it of uh, creating a, a PMDS cell bank from India, which is accessible by the Japan. Since Japan has a, a kind of a fast track approval system, whereas uh, PMDA doesn't require FDA approved labs or FDA approved kits, they accept the cap accredited lab and other things what we have. So in that context, it was easier to do for PMDA. And so I also told the government of India, we need to have FDA approved labs and FDA approved kits for the various things in market testing so that we can do it in India. Otherwise, every time we cannot go to US to create the bank. Right. Let's come to artificial intelligence. So how do you see artificial intelligence uh, tools aiding you, helping you, or uh, do you think they are more of a challenge? So far, we have gone uh, in a conventional way, like uh, any molecule or any compound we have. We test do the R&D to see what the compound can do. And then we conduct a preclinical safety, preclinical efficacy. Once it is efficacious in the animal model and safe in the animal model, then we go to the uh, to the human clinical trial. So that's how we have gone. But you are right. Now the artificial intelligence is, uh, is taking a lead. And uh, what we are thinking, okay, just to give an example, we have done a trial for the perianal fistula the perianal fistula due to Crohn's disease. We have done a trial in a phase one slash phase two trial in Ames, Delhi. Now we have done a small 10 patient trial, a open label trial to see whether how our drug is working. And uh, a similar drug based on MSC's mesenchymal stem cells has been approved in uh, in Europe as well as approved in, uh, in Japan for the same uh, perianal fistula indication. And it is being marketed by Takeda under the brand, under the brand name Alofisa. So now we need to do, based on the positive outcomes, what we have on a 10-patient trial, we need to do a larger phase three trial. Phase three trial is going to cost more money, more time. But what we understand is we can use AI as a tool to take the small data what we have 
and the tool can also see the global data what is available for example all of itself and then take our clinical trial design this is our phase 3 design this is our endpoints and uh, what is the probability of success of the phase 3 trial if we use the endpoints and the clinical data what we have and the clinical data available globally so it can throw some uh, some inputs in terms of no it is unlikely we will succeed in phase 3 or we have to change the uh, the clinical trial uh, the primary endpoints so so that no need to spend a lot of money if you have to spend about uh, for example in india if you have to spend 10 15 crores for the trial by spending about um, 40 50 lakhs or maybe 60 lakhs we will come to know whether our clinical trial design likely to work or not so in that context we are still not used it uh, we keep uh, i mean uh, getting the inputs from the artificial, artificial intelligence company and we have seen some japanese companies also are using the a tool to predict the success of the clinical trial i believe that the a tool will be helpful and we need to see as we go along that's interesting. It was a yeah. really interesting and nice conversation to have with you. Thank you. Thanks, Viva. And also, of course, government also is coming up with some new regulations. Now, earlier was we need to do a, a, a preclinical study, uh, animal safety and animal uh, efficacy. Now they can accept the uh, in-silico other models, the A model, to show that, yes, the drug is safe. So in that context, uh, the regulations also, I think, will evolve will accept some new technologies and uh, this technology also may help in designing and reducing our overall costs. Thanks, thanks Yuba for, uh, for giving me time and it was nice chatting with you. Just a clarification here, Manur, that uh, in silico you're talking about, will that be applicable for CGT as well? Not sure right now. As we go along, we need to see whether or, or the similar model, like what I was selling, whether a kind of an, uh, the AA model or other models will be acceptable. So instead of doing the conventional way of, of uh, the, the preclinical studies. Right. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thanks a lot. With, Thanks, Viva. With that, we conclude this session. And to our listeners, we have many such interesting podcasts on platforms from Spotify to Apple Podcasts. But if you prefer reading over listening, do subscribe to Pharma Intelligence products like Script Intelligence and Pink Sheet. And I'm sure you would find them of use. Bye for now.